He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day... He vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is... Now! The OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Turn on the Jets Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year on the Play Like a Jet Network. I am your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. And as always, I'm here with my men, Travis Milton, who you can find on Twitter at dash 37 board 27 and Josh Conrad, who you can find on Twitter at dot Josh underscore Conrad. Whew. These uh, intros are getting rough as the season goes on, but I think I'm just in such ecstasies, fella, that the Jets actually won a game yesterday. I, I can't believe myself. Are we allowed to just bask in the glory of a win of a victory? Yeah, of course. Like we want you play to win a game, right, Herm? So, so let's be glad. We're still going to be picking in the top five, but we want a football game, and they looked they looked pretty professional doing it. It's been so shitty that like I don't care if it was a one point win. I don't care if they won six to three. I'm I'm gonna be stoked. Yeah, I mean, and you know the fact that the the Jets beat the Giants thirty four to twenty seven. Certainly, there was a couple defensive plays that you know allowed for some scores, but. But we haven't seen that sort of offensive outburst for the Jets really maybe at all this season. Um, so, you know, they say you, know, you have to, you know, reach the bottom before you can start your way back up. Maybe some of the loss to the Dolphins last week uh, and then kind of putting that in context while the Giants are certainly a team that's, that's searching for their identity and searching for talent and searching for coaching – um, you know, hey, beating them at home in your home stadium, like, I agree. This It's it's not wrong to enjoy it for 48 hours before we start nitpicking this team again. Um, but I think, you know, we, we have to talk about Sam Darnold and, and Jamal Adams specifically. They played well. So let's talk about Adams first. I mean, he obviously, Darnold had a good game, had a touchdown, 200 yards. But Adams was a difference maker on multiple plays. You know, what stood out from you specifically, other than the fact that he ripped the fucking football out of Danny Dimes' hands and ran in for a score? What else was it about him uh, on this team that really surprised you and stood out to you? One of the things we've harped on all year long is the fact that Greg Williams has had him playing, you know, 20 yards back. He was, he was up on the line of scrimmage a lot more yesterday. Um, and that's where he has always been most effective. Um, and, uh, and I think it happened as the game went along. I think that was one of the things that actually amazed me was, holy shit, they made an adjustment. And, and it, <laughs> it yielded. Um, it worked. It actually worked. You know, that light bulb went off and, and Greg Williams and Adam Gase are going, oh, so you can actually 
change what you're doing depending on what the opponent's doing. That's that's a new one. That's cool. Let's <laughs> let's try that again. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it, it it was fun. It was fun watching Jamal way up there. Obviously, I mean, it seemed like the game plan was just we're not going to let Saquon Barkley and his mammoth Jamal Anderson sized thighs beat us. And so it was really encouraging to me um, to see Jamal up there just wreaking havoc all friggin' day long. And like, obviously the take it out of Daniel Jones's hands um, is, is obviously the highlight of this game, but don't forget the, the Troy Palomalu esque fourth down that he just like mm. jumped over the line and, and pulled Daniel Jones back so that they wouldn't get a first down. Like he was a beast. Like he was, he was the new MetLife monster today. It felt really encouraging. Yeah, that play where he dove over the line was so interesting because he just kind of did like a, you know, shoulder roll over the car, you know, like over the offensive line yelling no no time for backup and basically grabbed Daniel Jones. You can't really see it. I tried to watch it a number of times on the play, but he he essentially was holding on to Daniel Jones and pulling him backwards so that he couldn't wriggle his way forward to get that first down kind of underneath the pile. And uh, I mean, you just, you so rarely see that. And it, yeah, it was so refreshing to see him up around a lot, the line of scrimmage, disrupting plays. And then, you know, also, you know, back in the secondary making great tackles, you know, on, uh, you know, running backs or wide receivers that were kind of free and, um, you know, he's just all over the field. And so, like, I get it. He's a safety. Safety isn't necessarily a priority position in the NFL. And that's why they were, you know, trying to, uh, you know, shop him around a couple weeks ago. But when you see the sort of impact he can have in a game, like, it just, that's to me the question of, like, why are you, why are you potentially ruining this relationship with this player? And, you know, there was a quote from, I think it was uh, Copley who said after the game, uh, you know, he said he's elite uh, about Adams. Like I've seen Von Miller do that. You know, that was kind of the play where he you know, ripped the ball out of the out of the um, uh, out of Danny Dimes' hands. You know, I've seen Von Miller do that, but to see a safety do that, that's special. And and his point is like Von Miller obviously has a good what 30, 40 pounds on a guy like Jamal Adams, and so so the the point is like the strength which he has, the awareness to that he has, like that's. That's pretty impressive. Um, so, so for me, it's like you know, are are we good again? Like, do you guys think we're good again in terms of Jamal Adams and the Jets? And, um, you know, is he is he happy to be a Jet or you know, what do we think about that? I mean, I hope so, but I mean, it could go either way. I I know that he's he's gone publicly and said no, we're all good, and I really hope that mm-hmm. that's the case. That that Douglas and Gase have set him down and and had a real heart to heart um but then there's also what we talked about last week you know if he's gonna mope and not be happy and and you know tank his play a little bit it's only gonna hurt his value so um you know it could go either way with him um i know he's super emotionally charged and hopefully a game like that where he factored so heavily into the game plan uh is you know, good for him and encouraging for him. Um, and I, and I really hope that it's the case that they've, they've made amends. Um, but I, I think we'll, we'll see as the, the season starts to, to wind down and, and, you know, the more losses pile up, we'll see where he's at. I'm, I'm always curious to when like an NFL player, a professional athlete makes the turn from, Hey, this is fun. I was in college a year or two ago and now I'm, 
making a lot of money and, and I get to play football doing it. And then like once, once the light bulb goes on for the player that like, this is a business. And so nothing's personal, like, well, usually nothing is personal. And so, you know, I, I'm hopeful for Jamal that, that, that he's, he's kind of like turned a, a corner here a little bit and feeling like, all right, this wasn't like a personal attack. They don't want me out of here. They just have to do what's best for the team and whatever value they could get for any of us. Um, is what makes sense for the organization. And so I'm hopeful that that's where he landed on this thing and not feeling personal. But, you know, ultimately he's going to have to um, um, he's going to have to make that turn himself. And then hopefully that there is still open communication between him and Joe and Adam and Chris, I guess. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Well, we mentioned uh, mentioned Sam Darnold a little bit there at the beginning. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold had a good game, a clean game, no turnovers, um, and Sam Darnold, while he made a bunch of good decisions yesterday, um, he did tell the press yesterday, quote, we still have a chance. We still have a chance at the playoffs, which, you know, I appreciate his optimism. Um, and I mean, hey, I guess if you win, just keep winning. There's, you know, there's, there's nothing to say. Uh, you can't say anything against that. Uh, at the same time, like what, what did you see yesterday from Sam Darnold in terms of how he played, the way he played? Um, protections. I know Beach was out there for a while. Like, uh, was you know? L- let's let's start you know with his decision making, and then we can talk about the offensive line. I know that they're they're connected, but did Sam seem like a different player than he had been in the previous three weeks, Travis? He looked a lot a lot more like he did in the Cowboys game. He was moving in the pocket. He was buying mm-hmm. the offensive line a little bit of time with his feet. I mean, he was running. Um, there were some intentional rollouts. Um, I saw a few RPO uh, plays thrown in there. Um, and I feel like for whatever reason, this game, Gase played a little bit more to his strengths. And, you know, this could be indicative of how shitty the Giants are. And I'm, yeah, I think a lot of this is. Like, I'm, I'm trying to, like, take this win, like, enjoy it, but with a little bit of a grain of salt. And, you know, because after the game, I was really high on some players that I've been really low on uh, all year long. <laughs> and I, I don't want to get too high on that because I, I know that it's, it's a little bit indicative of the competition. But, but no, he looked a lot more comfortable. Uh, and I think that was, you know, that speaks to his decision making yesterday. There were a few sloppy plays still, but um, I mean, that's gone back all the way to college and was even a, a point that they used to make last year, his, his brilliant sloppiness or, or however uh, they phrased it. Um, but he, he definitely looked more comfortable, and I think that it was indicative of a little bit of game planning because uh, I think Josh brought it up in, in text. These scripted plays at the beginning of a game are great like I keep going into these games going oh man we're looking good and then all of a sudden when they have to start making adjustments that's when it goes to shit and Mm. yesterday when they started making adjustments he didn't look like he was seeing ghosts or uh being confused by the defense so I I I thought it was it was it was more uh encouraging for me on the Gase end than it was the Darnold end because I feel like that's kind of what I expect out of him and uh so, I mean, I guess, I guess in the end, like, I wasn't, like, overly, like, thrilled, but I was like, okay, cool, this is what needs to happen. I, I was pretty in- impressed with Sam. I know, I know the, the stats won't reflect as good of a game as he really had. Um, and I think so much of that is, I think coming into this season, obviously, we knew 
Herndon was going to be down for the first four games. I don't think we thought he'd miss the next three after that. I don't think we anticipated um, a seemingly and very curious regression from, from Robbie Anderson. It feels like he can't seem to find a, any consistent rhythm either. And obviously, a quarterback can be good, but he's ultimately going to be hampered by um, the, the skill around him. And so, um, I, you know, given, given some of the personnel – um, either injuries or inconsistencies. Um, it was really good to, to see Darnold, especially early, finding a guy like Jamison Crowder um, pretty consistently and making the best use of the guys he had on the field with him. Um, I, I felt encouraged by, um, by some of that decision-making for sure. I definitely think the game plan was a little bit simpler and also played just to more of Sam's strengths. Um, and, and let's be honest, guys, at this point too, like, we thought the running game was going to be incredible and it's been okay. Some games, but highly inconsistent as well. So, I mean, to, to credit Sam Darnold, like with, with a lot of things still against him, even this Sunday, um, he, he came out with a victory and I feel like, you know, some of the Sam is regressed talk needs to be quieted down because I think we're getting a sense that like when we play to his strengths, even without a perfect roster, he's able to win football games. Yeah, I saw a quote from Leonard Williams. You know, I was curious. I mean, he had a he had a number of pressures. Uh, I don't think he had a sack, but he definitely was you know was in on in on pressures on, on a number of plays during the course of the game, and just wanted to see how he fared against his old team. And there was a quote from him. I'm I'm paraphrasing it, but essentially he he was saying something to the effect that he he kept getting to Sam, and you know he pulled him down one time and. Sam must have gotten off a pass. It might have been there was a play, I think it was in the first half, where he got the ball to like Jamison Crowder on the uh the like the upper side to so the left side of the field, uh, where it went for a first town and Sam got hit and got rolled back. Uh and he and Leo Leo said of Sam that as he was hitting him and he got rid of the ball, he was like, damn, like, damn, boy, like, you know, you can't, like, I can't stop you. And Sam Darnold was, was essentially laughing at Leonard Williams and was like, F you, dude. You know, like, in a good, friendly, joking way, they were kind of playing with each other. But the fact that, right, to your point, Josh, through it all, through the fact that he's been, quote-unquote, seeing ghosts, that he's certainly struggled, he's had a lot of turnovers, he's been hit a ton um, you know, he had, he was playing and he was still lighthearted enough that he was, you know, kind of laughing off getting, getting lit up a couple times by his old teammate and, you know, and joking and kind of firing right back at him. Right. Um, and so like, that's the kind of thing that I, you know, I'm looking for those kind of clues to say, like, is, is Sam Darnold actually regressing? Is he shrinking? Is he, you know, is he going to be resilient, um, in the face of whatever they have left this year until, you know, they can bring some real help in the off season through free agency and the draft to get him in a better spot and get the protections better. Um, there were some players who came back, Travis, right? So Beecham was back in the lineup. Um, yep. I know Winters was in the lineup and he got injured at one point. Um, but do you feel like those players had a net positive effect on the pressure and the ability to stop pressure and, and the offense and buying Sam time. I mean, I know, I know uh, Trevon Wesco had, a, was in the game a number of times and they were obviously using him as a blocker, as a lead blocker or a, an extra blocker. Um, so do you feel like they're starting to wise up to, we need to buy Sam more time and they've got the right people in there? I hope so. Um, I don't know that Beecham is the right person and I, 
I, I you know, I don't know that I will ever be up on him in, in mindset. Is he better? Is he better? Even if I don't love him, like, is he still better than what they've been putting out there the last couple of weeks? He, yes, but he's, he's always going to be on the, the Darren Lee side of my yeah. brain. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, until he is gone. And even after he's gone, he'll be on the Darren Lee side of my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I think the having Wesco in there was definitely something that I've wondered about all season because he's, he's barely seen any reps mm-hmm. um, or any snaps on the field. And I, I really didn't understand why they, they weren't putting him out there uh, more often, especially with Herndon being out. So I think that that helped a little bit. Uh, I believe there was – I can't remember who said it. It might have been you or Josh even. Uh, but on the uh, Le'Veon Bell touchdown, it was, somebody was just like, holy shit, the offensive line opened up a clean hole. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. I haven't seen, seen that it all year. season, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like maybe since the first game of the year, like I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, so I, I think they played well. And, and I said this during the Cowboys game, when uh, Darnold is rolling out and buying a little bit of time, um, I, I think it definitely helps the offensive line a little bit. Um, I don't know that they did any uh, any new or uh, impressive favors to him yesterday, but they looked a little bit better. And I, I still give that more to Darnold than to the offensive line. I, I still think that you know that thing's got to be just blown up and torn apart at the end of the season, and I can't wait for that. Yeah, it's going to be one of the the most exciting things for me this offseason, regardless of what happens with the coaching staff or not. Um, I'm just excited to see what they're going to do to the to the offensive line because it can only get better. But you're right when when Le'Veon Bell is the winner of the rushing game and he had like whatever it was, ten or thirteen carries for thirty four yards. Um, you know, <laughs> if that's not telling you that, you know, your offensive line is valuable and you need to, you know, focus on, on, on passing the ball, um, that, that doesn't, that it, you're never going to learn it. And it was interesting to see, I think, you know, Demarius Thomas had a good game. He had a couple clutch catches. You know, he's starting to, uh, to find a, a role in this offense. Certainly, I don't know what his long-term viability is with this team, and I've always kind of viewed him as kind of a compiler-type receiver. Uh, but you know, you add him with Jamison Crowder, who's a you know a undersized slot receiver who you know is great across the middle, and then you know Demarius Thomas, who plays the the flanker role well, and then obviously you know Robbie Anderson, as as we were talking about, didn't have that great of a day but it at least gives more options for the passing game. Um, now, certainly they're not going to see this kind of secondary um, every week, but talking about the secondary, we, we definitely have to talk about the Jets defense um, when we've talked a little bit about it, but I want to focus in terms of Jamal Adams, but um, uh, what were some of the things that gave you hope in terms of, right? They stopped Barkley. Um, you know, Jamal Adams had a great, game but you know bless Austin and other players showed up and at the end of the game when they needed it you know there were um, like five possessions you know down the down the stretch there where the Giants had ball and you know four of them ended up in punts we've there was a fumble on another one Um, you know (laughs) are are we probably are we putting too much faith and hope in bless Austin and and the rest of this of this group 
Um, or is it just the fact that they're playing the Giants? And so we, we can't expect that, you know, in the coming weeks against better teams. Well, the nice thing is we're not playing a lot better teams coming up. So that's always good. Point. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> next two, three of the next four are against non-playoff contenders. So that's really helpful. Now, you know, so, some of this, in, you know, to be, to be level-minded Jets fans, which is an oxymoron, mm. Um, mm. We, we, we do have to say, like, the Giants are in a full rebuild as well. And so, obviously, on, on their side, I'm sure the guys covering that team and in that locker room today are, and, you know, going forward after the tape they watched from this game, they're certainly going to be disappointed in a lot of ways that they, they didn't take advantage of certain opportunities because um, it certainly felt like after um, those – the, the second slate and touchdown, like, man, this game's going to get away from the Jets. But, um, you know, I, I, I do feel like – I feel like we have to mention that. The, the Giants are also in a rebuild. And so anything – any success we had yesterday does have to be seasoned with the fact that we're playing a team in the same building um, with a completely different yet similar rebuild happening. Um, you know, we, we can't hang our hat completely on the brilliance of Adam Gase and, and our team. Um, that, that does certainly have to be taken into account. Uh, Nathan Shepard actually had a decent game, and this this goes back to like the people that I'm usually down on. Um, and Jordan Jenkins played mm. great. Um, mm-hmm. And again, trying not to get too high, but the way he looked yesterday, like he has come a long freaking way. And uh, I mean, even if it is just against the Giants, um, I mean, it's still an NFL team, and uh, he, he played mm. pretty damn good. Like my high points yesterday were people that uh, outside of Jamal and and Sam were people that I have not thought were performing to their contracts or to anything else. Um, not necessarily on like a Tremaine Johnson level, but just people that I thought were, you know, starters that would probably be, you know, a role player on another team. And I, I thought that about Jenkins for a long time, but the way he's looked, he's shown a lot of flashes this year and yesterday, like his game came together and he was playing great. Uh, Nathan Shepard had a, a sack that was, that was it Nathan Shepard yeah I believe it was yeah it was yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh I believe somewhere uh Mike McCagnan was was smirking probably um <laughs> he he, he knowingly everybody. he knowingly sipped a cup of Dunkin Donuts coffee I think is, is what <laughs> you mean to say um but I think that was one of the biggest things and and I again I don't know if it's the competition or if you know the coaching staff is finally starting to figure out how to utilize some of these players because again like greg hasn't used jamal right all year i don't know that jenkins has been used correctly all year uh i don't know if that's what it is but that's the way it looked yesterday it looked like the coaching staff had finally figured out how to how to play a game with the pieces they have play like a jet play like a jet you know talking about the coaches and giving giving the coaches all all this praise like i i don't know if we can continue to praise these coaches without talking about the Jets' own um, Patton Oswald impersonator, uh, Dwell Gaines yesterday. I mean, what, what, what can we say about Dwell Gaines and his game yesterday other than the fact that for some reason he has the challenge flag and he threw it like two times within a 45-second period? Uh, what, what's, what's going on in Jets' land? Do you remember the Seinfeld episode where Jerry's away and Elaine is getting his mail and yet Jerry, George is upset that Jerry asked Elaine to get the mail. And so on the phone, yeah. George very, very quickly complains and Jerry goes, George, I have a much more important task for you. I need you to flush the toilet twice a day to exercise the gaskets. I believe the well role on this team is to carry that challenge flag 
because Adam Gates, <laughs> I don't need you calling plays. I don't need you making personnel decisions. I need you to hold that challenge flag in case we have to throw it. So that's it. So he, he thinks he's got the most important job. It's like, yeah, with, with little kids where they're like, you know, I'm in the kitchen and I'm cooking dinner and they're like, I want to help. It's like, okay, I've got a really special job for you. Like, I want you to go find the salt shaker, go bring it over here and we'll, uh, we'll put some salt in this. And they're like, okay, great. So that's kind of what you're. <laughs> that's, that's the only reasonable explanation. Okay. Nice. Nice. Um, I mean, it, is it is it scary though how much he looks like Patton Oswalt? Like when it's you see insane. Yoel again, like what? Okay, Patton Oswalt is probably one of my favorite comedians, um, you know, actors and um, kind of cameos in so many different shows. Like we have to talk about uh, Yoel Legane's aka Patton Oswalt, like and his and some of the best cameos he's ever done. So, so Josh, like we're we're gonna draft. Okay, here's what we're gonna do here. We'll do a two-round draft between the three of us, uh, and if you can't if you can't get to um, you know to a second round, uh, I, I'll certainly be able to help you out. But let's let's go ahead and draft our favorite Patton Oswalt, like either bits, com- comedy bits, or cameos on on TV shows. So, Josh, I'm going to give you the first pick. So, go ahead. Ooh, I I'm I am partial to Patton Oswalt's heat check performance in the classic early 2000s buddy cop remake of Starsky and Hutch, where he is in a club. He is the club and uh, DJ and Ben Stiller's character, very high on cocaine. It needs to be referenced, decides to get into a dance off um, with, I believe, I believe the guy he's dancing against is, I think he's the lead singer from the Dan band. I think it's that. Oh, guy. oh um, my, that would be amazing. So, so Patton Oswalt, Ben Stiller, and the lead singer from the Dan Band, and Patton Oswalt just steals the scene. So I'm taking that as my first round pick. Patton Oswalt, uh, club DJ, Starsky and Hutch. My very own dancing Rick is being called out by a new guy, David Stamsky. No, no, Starsky. Right back at you. So folks, if you've got a pair of sunglasses, I advise putting them on because i got to feel these two are going to light it up. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, Travis. You get the second pick. With, with the second pick in the Patton Oswalt draft. Travis Milton selects his cameo on Parks and Recreation um, from the ex- from the episode Ted Day. <laughs> I'm Ted. So I'm Ted. Right. He does he does this when he stands up and filibusters at the uh, the the public uh, the public when they hearing the public in, yeah the public hearing and you know it starts off and he's talking about you know not changing the the Pawnee Charter and then it ends up where he has created this mashup of how. Disney is going to create a whole new cinematic universe combining Star Wars and the Marvel Universe. And it's got, it's talking about Boba Fett. It starts off with Boba Fett rising out of the Sarlacc pit. And then, then it's like Chewbacca with the Infinity Gauntlet. And it's so good. There's even, I think if you go to like the Google machine and type in like, like there's a there's a longer like an yeah there's out, a full version outtake. yeah yeah there's like a whole outtake you can watch it's like many minutes long and it's it's unbelievable and you can tell it's just him um what do you call it um like you know he's just, just riffing he's right, just, he's just riffing, the entire right. thing yeah exactly <laughs> so good if I stand here and refuse to yield my time you are prohibited from voting on the bill <clears throat> let the filibustering begin. 
As many of you have noted uh, that use the internet, it has been announced that Disney has required the rights to the Star Wars franchise, and in the summer of 2015, we will see the release of Star Wars uh, Episode 7. Herewith is my proposal for the plot of that movie. So good. All right. So with that, um, uh, and, you, and you can also find, you know, if you go to like, just Google Patton Oswalt cameos. There's there's a bunch of them. One of my favorite TV shows um, is Justified. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Justified. Um, Timothy yeah. Oliphant as the uh, like federal marshal. And so Patton Oswalt, towards the end of the show, he starts to come in. He's like this, con- what's his name? Constable Bob. He's Constable Bob. And so he's got this like little, it's like... Um, like a gremlin, like one of those cars, like the gremlin cars. <laughs> he's driving around. He's, he's essentially like, he doesn't get paid to uh, like, he, he, it's like, you know, in serving warrants and stuff, you know, or whatever, you know, like that's how he makes his money. But he's always talking about his go bag. Like he has this go bag in case, you know, um, Timothy Oliphant's character needs help. And, you know, kind of, you know, cut to the point at which, you know, they actually need the go bag and he's got like all these like crazy automatic weapons and explosions and like, you know, like explosive devices and stuff in there. Um, it's a, 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 but he's just this, you know, nebbish little character um, on that show, but it's, he's pretty good there. Let me tell you something, Raylan. Shit gets serious. You give me a call. I'll grab my go bag. and be ready to jump. Will do, Bob. You stay frosty. All right, so that's my that that ends the first round. Do we have a second round in us, Josh? Go ahead if you if you have one. Yeah, I I can't believe I'm getting the steal of the draft here. Um, I will take um, with the fourth pick in the Patton Oswalt cameo draft his role from 1998 through 2007 as Spence on the King of Queens. 179 episodes, guys. Nice. You just get 179 oh, King man. of Queens episodes. That's a lot Done. of value. That's a lot of value. His, the unhealthy relationship with his mother, the whole thing's great. It was fantastic. Hey, Arthur, I need a favor. You know my girlfriend, Denise? The one with the balcony you could do Shakespeare off of? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, she really wants to meet my mother, and I can't put it off anymore, and I know my mom is not going to approve of her. Why wouldn't she approve? Well, you know, no one's good enough for her son. Okay. Listen, listen, listen. I'm watching on mute the uh, the dance off video from Starsky and Hutch uh, as we talk. You, you need the audio. So, so I'm laughing my ass off. At one, at one at one point, Ben Stiller goes into the robot, and Pat and Oswald screams, "Oh, from the future of 1984! It's a funky disco robot." <laughs> oh, I don't think Pat. I don't think Patton Oswalt was ever on Golden Girls, but if he was, this is your chance, Travis. So, a lot of people are going to think this is a McCagnan esque reach, um, aka my Jakai Polite or my uh, Nathan Shepard. <laughs> but fair, fair. my second round pick is his role, recurring on every episode of the new version of one of my favorite shows ever. Mystery Science Theater 3000. <gasps> oh, yes. Oh, Good call. God. Oh, hey, we've got one. Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. This is Moon Base 13. We need your help. Mayday. Go <laughs> crap initiated. What the heck? 
You speak to I, Kinga Forrester, commander of the Moon 13 Research Station. I am reopening my family's most legendary experiment, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Movie in the hole! So with the final pick in the draft, there's so many still on the board. I mean, the the undrafted free agent round is going to be – it's going to be a storm uh, of folks. So, you know, people can take whoever they want. They can take Reno 911. Um, they can take his his role in um, Bored to Death. But I am going with Patton Oswald in Community where he's the uh, – he's like – I think it's – is it season one? He's the um, – uh, like orderly or the nurse at the at the school oh, clinic. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, and so like, what does he do? He, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. He's like hanging out there, and uh, and like Jeff Winger comes in for something, and uh, and he's you know um, he's sitting there, and there's all these like amazingly attractive women sitting next to him, and he's like, what's going on here? And uh, you know he has some results. I can't remember Jeff Winger's sick with something or whatever. And uh, he's like, "You're you're 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 infectious or something like that." And all the girls are like, "Gross!" And uh, he's like, "Well, let's get you. You know, let's get you taken care of." And you know, gives him his results for his test, whatever it was. And then off off goes Jeff Jeff Winger. And then kind of like the throwaway at the end of the scene, Patton Oswald goes, "Okay, ladies, come on in here. It's time for uh, it's you know time for your checkups or whatever." And he goes like, "These paps are not going to smear themselves." So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, I would say I will uh, I will take Patton Oswalt in his uh, in his community role. Where does it hurt? Everywhere. Okay, we have to quarantine you. We got to get you to a safe distance. My date's on the East Lawn. East Lawn, perfect. Great. Okay. Wait, wait. Uh, this is a date. Oh, yeah, you need these. Nice. I'll be thinking of you. Oh. Okay, I need to go. No, we. I mean, we have to observe you overnight. It's policy. We, we don't want another Vanessa Parsons on her hand. She was the typhoid Mary of herpes. Ugh, I'm kind of the Hawkeye around here, so it's kind of a... Are you seeing anybody? Uh, all right, so plenty of, plenty of um, value out there in the, in the undrafted rounds. Um, but yes, Doel Legames, you are an inspiration to us all. Keep doing what you're doing, and uh, yeah, hold on to that that challenge flag, uh, and and keep throwing it out there for your for for Adam Gase, just whenever you feel like it. Because because what else what else would he do on this? I really want to I really want to make a little video of of him in slow motion throwing the challenge flag with Enrique Iglesias as my uh, be my hero playing in the background. <laughs> Hey, it's Scott Mason. Sorry, just wanted to jump in real quick and let you know about a couple of great things going on, courtesy of Play Like a Jet. Hope you were able to get your bet in on the Jets, Giants, and the over before the game got going over at mybookie.ag. And if you did, then you know that when you signed up, you got yourself a 50% match on your first deposit all the way up to 1000 bucks. So the max is 2000 bucks, and they'll match you 1000 Everything below that, they will match 50% of your first deposit. You can bet on over-unders like in the Giant game. You can also bet on the over-unders on the Jets' next game against the Washington Redskins. You can bet on all kinds of props, whether or not Le'Veon Bell is going to finally go over 100 yards, if Sam Darnold is going to throw more touchdown passes than Dwayne Haskins, whether or not the Jets are going to have a starting cornerback next week that anybody's ever heard of. I'm guessing there's a good chance that that won't be the case. Plus, you can bet on the game and all the rest of the games around the league as well over at mybookie.ag. 
Remember, you get 50% of your first deposit matched up to 1000 bucks when you sign up using the promo code OVERTIME. So sign up right now, use the promo code OVERTIME, and take advantage of that great deal while it lasts. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, and you get paid. And if you're going to be betting on this upcoming matchup between the Jets and the Redskins, you may want to be there because unlike Jacksonville and Miami, the Redskins are within driving distance. It's the D.C. area. Technically, it's Maryland. But you can drive out there and have yourself a really nice weekend built around the game if you want. As somebody that used to live in the D.C. area, I can tell you there are always plenty of things to do in D.C. And you have a really fun weekend, not only at the Jets and Redskins game, but going to concerts, going to theaters, going to a comedy show. And if you're going to buy tickets to any of those things, you should do it over at Vivid Seats because when you download the Vivid Seats mobile app and enter the promo code overtime, you get up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. That purchase could be Jets Redskins tickets or it could be anything else. We're getting into Thanksgiving and Christmas season, so there are all kinds of great shows going on. The Radio City Christmas Spectacular is coming to town here in New York, so that might be something that you want tickets to. Anything you want, you can use that discount when you download the Vivid Seats mobile app and use the promo code OVERTIME. You'll get up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. Brian, sorry again to cut in on the show. Go ahead, my friend. Fellas, is there anything else we need to talk about this team? I mean, we're enjoying the fact that it's it was a win. We're laughing. We're having a good time. We're... We're not eating cheesecake it. in a car. We're not eating cheesecake in a car. Good call. Good call. Anything else that we need to talk about? We get to play the Redskins next week. That's going to be fun, hopefully. Oh, man. Yeah, and I think that's – yeah, it's a good point. I was looking at the schedule earlier. Um, so, right, so to your point, you were, you were talking about they've got a, a number of number of similarly uh, <laughs> ranked teams as the Giants and the Dolphins coming up. So Redskins next week, Raiders week after – uh, Bengals uh, thereafter, and then the Dolphins again uh, before things get a little bit more serious with um, Ravens, Steelers, Bills to end out the season. But um, but the interesting thing is they I think they can largely take what they did this week against the Giants into Washington when when they play them because I think Darius Geis will probably be back. I think he's been activated off the roster. Uh, but you know, Dwayne Haskins is is still certainly trying to figure out what it means to be a quarterback in the NFL, and you know that you know their their team is is in a similar mess. So I think that whoever the running back is, they're going to they would be wise if they took a similar g- game plan in terms of contain Adrian Peterson or contain Darius Geis, and uh, and you know see where that gets them. Do you think that this team is in danger of uh, of working their way out of the uh, the top five of the NFL draft? And if so, do you care, Josh? Go. I, I I'm not worried. Um, I think we're still going to level out around maybe four total wins, maybe five wins. Which I I feel like you know as you look at the bottom six or seven teams, there's just a couple of teams in there that they're also probably going to win a couple of games, and so I feel. I feel relatively okay. <laughs> this should be the name of the podcast. Relatively okay. Um, <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like we're still going to be certainly in that that top that top tier of, of NFL prospects in the draft. Um, I think what worries me only about this game, you know, defensively, we keep letting big plays happen, and there's a guy that Washington has a, a rookie wide receiver named Terry McLaurin who mm. is scary. Terry, in a lot of ways, that guy, that guy is primed to, to, to make yeah. our secondary 
look as poor as it actually is. So there's the potential there for some big plays still. That's going to be worrisome. But I think if we go with the same the same game plan, um, stuff the box, put, put Jamal down there, let him wreak havoc, I feel like they could be in this game late in the fourth quarter. Any thoughts about the coming week ahead, Travis, as we, uh, as we look to their game against Washington? I have not looked at the Washington Redskins at all this year. I have totally – well, I don't They're know. They're bad. They're bad. They're <laughs> yeah, not That's good. all I know. Like, I – I was getting ready. Bruce Allen like is still in charge. I feel like I've slacked on 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 uh, scouting the Redskins, but I think uh, I think they're just crappy. Um, so I, <laughs> I don't know. I really need to look at that this week. Okay, no, no worries at all. Yeah, I I don't no. think you're missing much. To be very honest, I don't I don't think you're missing much. Um, well, good. Well, I think that'll do it for us this week, gentlemen. So thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to the podcast, everyone. Uh, we appreciate it. Make sure you rate and review the play like a jet feed and the turn on the jets feeds. Um, also be sure to check in with, um, my friend bent over at jetsfix.com. He does an amazing job with that site. In addition to all the work he does around, um, the, uh, the NFL, uh, writing halls in terms of, uh, at goodness, he's at S and Y he does stuff on jets fix and then also on gangrene nation. So please be sure to check him out and all his awesome work. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week. We'll see you next week after Washington.